had the privilege this morning of, of being able to be a part of the worship team as they were practicing, and I just got to walk back and forth and be in the presence of the Lord. How many of you, how many of you have devotional times where you just don't want to leave the prayer closet, that the presence of the Lord just seems so real that there's something that you know that's transforming you from the inside? I had one of those moments this morning, and and before I get into the Word, let me remind you, there's some people going, what, why do we do this on Sunday? Why, why do we come to church? What is your job as a pastor? And, and the Scripture tells us in Ephesians chapter 4 that uh, in verse 11 it says, it was He, the Spirit of God, who gave some to be apostles and prophets and evangelists and to be pastors and teachers. And here, here's what's the purpose of me being here today, at least in your life, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. In other words, there is something that's going to take place through the Word today that is going to equip you. And it's in the equipping of the saints that we then can go out and reach and touch our world that desperately needs a living witness of Jesus Christ in our world today. Now, for those of you that may not know me, my name is Doug DeMint, and I have the wonderful privilege of being the lead pastor here at Grace Assembly, and I want to welcome those of you that may be watching online as well as those that are here today. For the past several weeks, in fact, nine weeks, we have been in a series called Led by the Spirit. This is the final message in that series today of Led by the Spirit, and today the, the title of this message is Cultivating Spiritual Gifts, Cultivating Spiritual Gifts. Uh, I could probably have taken three more weeks in this, but I really felt like I needed to kind of encapsulate the rest of it today and then give us an opportunity as we begin to step into what it is that God is wanting to develop in each of us. And so if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to be reading verses 7 through 11. And I would encourage you, if you desire, you can go online and, and there, there's a bulletin online that can take some notes with and has an outline of this message and uh, uh, pray that God will be able to minister to you today through it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 11. Now to each one, notice, now to each one, how many of you know that you are one? Just want to make sure that all of you know that this talks about you. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them each one just as He determines. Father, as we approach Your Word this morning, we recognize that it is not Your desire that there would be anybody in the house of the Lord today that would leave without having something deposited into their life and into their spirit that would be life-giving. I pray that, Lord, as your servant, you would cleanse this vessel and that the mind of Christ through the Holy Spirit would be at work within me so that what I speak is relevant and life-giving and clear to your people so that we can rise up in this day and be the people that you desire us to be. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
I am a third-generation Pentecostal, second-generation Pentecostal preacher. I am a preacher's kid that grew up in environments where it was a regular occurrence in the churches that my dad had pastored and later when they became missionaries and in churches that I attended, that there would be moments of time, and it didn't happen every service, but occasionally there would be individuals that would stand up and have a prophetic word. There may be a message in tongues followed by an interpretation. And it seemed as if in the way that the Spirit of God moved, it was always as if the, it was right after a song had been sung or as soon as the musicians would begin to tone down a little before the message that it would be a, an indication that if somebody wanted to be used, that would be when it was. I remember times growing up where the prophetic word or an interpretation of a message in tongues was so real to me and was so alive to exactly where I was in my life or a, a word of wisdom that just spoke to me where I was at that moment that I was overwhelmed with the sense that God was embracing me personally and wanted to instruct me personally letting me know just how intense was his love and guidance in my own life. I knew that God was addressing not only in my life, but in the life of others, things that he was doing through the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And it was incredible to me. And it really helped formulate my Pentecostal theology and practice. I have discovered through the years that as some of our Heroes of the faith began to grow older and many of them beginning to pass away. I recognized that the teaching and the training that we received from them on how to be vessels of the Holy Spirit began to slip away as well. And as a result, we find it becomes easier to be Pentecostal churches and Pentecostal people that hold a value and a doctrine that we do not practice well. To say that we are one thing, but when it is lived out in the practice of our life, that it is not well experienced. And so, in this church that I have the opportunity of leading, I have often looked at ways in which we may have inadvertently hindered what the Spirit wants to do. As I look around the culture of Pentecostal movements, I have recognized that from time to time, we can become so conservative in our approach to the Lord that we can warn people of Pentecostal excess to the point where we effectively quench the Spirit of God. Maybe we have reduced the Holy Spirit's personality to a place where He's just a source of energy or emotion. Maybe we have suppressed the work of imparting spiritual gifts and ministering to the church through them by simply ignoring them or not teaching on them or speaking of them. Or maybe we hinder the Holy Spirit's freedom due to the faulty view of His status as God and our failure to embrace the sovereignty of the Holy Spirit over us rather than our control over the Spirit. Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5 that God has granted to individual believers and together in a corporate setting as a church, we have the ability to either restrict what the Spirit does or release what the Spirit will do in our lives in the local church. The Spirit comes to us as fire that we can choose either to fan into flame 
or we can choose to douse the Spirit of God by our fear, by our control, or perhaps our flawed theology. And as church leaders, we are often involved in discussions talking about culture. What kind of culture do we want to create? Culture is derived from a Latin word which means to cultivate, and, and it, it indicates that there are responsibilities not only of us as leaders, but also us as believers to take special care to grow a healthy, flourishing, spirit-receptive church and believers so that we can hear everything that God has to say, that we can receive everything that God has to give us, and that we can walk in the fullness of His Spirit. And in order to understand the gifts of the Spirit, we must know that for them to operate, an individual first must have been born again. In other words, if you desire spiritual gifts to be evident within your life, you need first to have intersected the grace of Jesus Christ and asked Him to come into your life to forgive you of your sins, and then you have entered into the family of God. Following that, there is a separate work that the Holy Spirit does by baptizing us in the Holy Spirit, which gives us a boldness and gives us a power that we then can unlock the gifts of the Holy Spirit within our life. I believe... The difference in churches that are life-giving and the difference in churches where people think, I cannot wait to get out of here, is the presence of the Holy Spirit in the life of its believers. The nine gifts of the Spirit that were mentioned in our passage of Scripture today are supernatural powers that are imparted by the Holy Spirit for special ministries. They are gifts that are given for the edification of the church in order that the church may be built up. I don't know about you, but when I come to church, I like the Spirit of God to build me up. I need something of God to be deposited in me that makes a difference in the way that I live out the rest of my week. I don't come here to waste time. I come here to be in the presence of a God that loves me and desires to give me the energy and the strength and the wisdom that I need. I want to become everything that the Holy Spirit desires. And the, person of the, the purpose of these gifts is said that now each one of the manifestations of the Spirit is given for the common good. In other words, each of these gifts is going to do something to build up the church. Now, the word manifestation that is here within Scripture is a Greek word that really means making visible. In other words, we know when we come into the church that we are walking into the presence of the living God. We know that. There are things that he will do through his spirit that will make him more visible to us rather than just the sense that we have. And so the operations of the gifts of the spirit are to make visible the work of the Holy Spirit. They would be visible in healings and miracles and prophecies and tongues and interpretations, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and discernment of various kinds. And these nine gifts of the Spirit can be divided up into three categories, and if you want to take some notes, you can do that today. But the first grouping of three are the gifts of the Spirit that impart the power to speak supernaturally. The first that is listed is the gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy is an utterance which has been inspired by the Holy Spirit that conveys a specific vision of God's will for His people. It may reveal to the church 
or to an individual something that has been unknown before or a prophetic word can also confirm something that God has been dealing in your heart with and he just wants to have you know that that is being confirmed in another way. God has been able to speak privately to persons in prayer times and, and it may be predictive of the future, but the result is always comfort and encouragement or challenge. Now, one of the things that we have done here is we've asked that those that feel as if they have a gift of prophecy, that if you're going to speak to somebody, if you feel led to them to speak individually, bring somebody else with you because all of these gifts have to be tested and proven. And so if you're going to go to somebody and say, I feel like I have a word for you, take somebody with you so that they can hear what you say and it can be proven and it can be tested because that builds the accountability that we desperately need. Prophecy was never meant to take the place of preaching and teaching, but it was to supplement it with an inspirational touch. In fact, it tells us in 1 Corinthians 14, 39, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy. In fact, we are told to covet the gift. In other words, Lord, I want to be used in such a way that you can give me a supernatural knowledge that I can bless other people with and guide and help direct in their lives so that you will be glorified. Joel prophesied in Joel chapter 2, verse 28. I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. How many of you are parents here today? I have recognized the joy that we as parents have when we watch our children do things well. I was watching the Olympics, as many of you were, and because the parents weren't there, they were showing them in their homes, and, and I, I, I saw them reacting and responding when their children did something well. Let me tell you something. I pray that we see the fulfillment of this prophetic word that in our children that we know here under the leadership of Pastor Julie and her team, they are taught early on that there is no age in which you can be used of the Lord, that they can grow up knowing that they can be available to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, however he desires to use them. But we know that in the last day outpouring, even our children will be used in the powerful gifts of the Holy Spirit. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 19 and 20 says this, Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test everything. Do you see the accountability? There's freedom and accountability, and then hold on to the good. The second speaking gift, which we are empowered with supernaturally, is the gift of tongues. 1 Corinthians 12.10 says, To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. What that means is that there is a supernatural language or a language that you never knew that God would give to you. Now, there's a difference in the operation of this gift because it is the initial physical evidence, according to Acts chapter 2, of when you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. It is, it is audible, it can be seen, and it can be heard, and that indicates that there has been a baptism of the Holy Spirit and power is available to you. It is a different when it is used in a corporate setting where it becomes a gift of the Spirit that requires then after a message in tongues, which occasionally takes place here, an interpretation of those tongues. This may be one of the most 
unsettling things for those that have never been in a Pentecostal church. I have a perspective here of seeing that guests, when they come in, if there's a message in tongues, their eyes bolt wide open. And the scripture says that it is a sign to the unbelievers, not the message in tongues, but whatever comes as the interpretation of those tongues. But it is a sign to them that the Spirit of God is manifesting himself, making himself visible in the body so that he can say something that would direct their attention to him. And so the gift of tongues will always Accompany, be accompanied by the gift of interpretation because a tongue that is unknown is of no use to the body. This was one of the things that was happening in the Corinthian church that needed to be corrected by Paul as he wrote this letter. The third aspect of this verbal gift of the Spirit is the interpretation. Let me explain to you the difference between translation and interpretation. A translation would be if somebody was speaking in another language and the translator would say the exact words that that individual used, this is what it means. An interpretation means that an individual, whether it would be the same person that gave the message in tongues or it would be a different person, would take the promptings of the Spirit, feeling as if this is the message that the Spirit wants to give to the church, and rather than having a direct translation of a tongue which we do not know it is the prompting of the spirit and i believe this is what the the church needs to hear from that do you understand the difference between those so it's acting on the prompting believing that god has given me something that the church needs to hear that will edify them and build them up those are the verbal gifts of the holy spirit that the, he said that he would give to us let me just say this tongues plus interpretation will always equal prophecy it will always be something that will build the body of Jesus Christ up. Secondly, there are gifts that will impart the power to know something supernaturally. Those include what is mentioned here as the word of wisdom. The Holy Spirit gives to the believer a supernatural revelation of how to deal with a problem that may arise. And it is vitally important to know, Lord, how are we going to cope with these things that we may never have faced before or we don't know what to do. And we run into these things all the time in ministry and all the time in our lives. And the Lord has provided that there would be from moment to moment a word of wisdom that is given. One of my mentors in ministry, especially early in my ministry, was a man by the name of Ken McGee who pastored a large church in Oklahoma. And in the book that he wrote, What is Pentecost Really Like?, he explained a situation where their church was growing. They were needing to build a new building. And he said, I was leading by pushing. He said, in fact, the longer and the harder I pushed, the more resistance there began to be, not only among the congregation, but he said, I began to see some fractured relationship even among my board of trustees. He said, there was a man that was an older gentleman in our church who was a doctor, he came into my office one day and he said, Pastor, can I just begin to speak to you? And he began to share with him some scripture and he said, I believe as if the Lord is wanting me just to share this word of wisdom with you. He said he presented it in such a way that instantly the Holy Spirit convicted my soul that my job was to build consensus and, and to lead as the shepherd and not to push. He said, I stood before my church the next Sunday and I apologized. 
Because a word of wisdom had been given that I received humbly. And he said it broke the chain that was taking place in our church. Relationships were healed. And God led our church to brand new heights. There may be issues going on in your life that you need a word of wisdom from God. This is a supernatural gift that he gives to us. He also says that I will give to my church words of knowledge. Supernaturally inspired utterance of facts spoken by the one who has no previous knowledge of what was going on. Now, I have had the joy of being used in this in the past. I have had people come up to me at the end of services and say, did my family talk to you? Because what you said today opened the mail of my life. Or they begin to get mad at other people saying, I told them something in confidence and they weren't supposed to tell you and I had to assure them. It wasn't anybody else. It was that the Lord using a gift of knowledge begin to reveal to you something that he knows about you that he wants to lead you into victory over. When I was in college and many of you that have attended here a while have heard this story, but it was profound in my life. My father had been the national youth director for the Assemblies of God, and it was, a, as we look at it from this perspective, a rather prestigious position, but he had led a missions trip of students to Africa, and he and my mom were feeling a call to Africa. Or let me rephrase that. My dad was feeling a call to Africa. My mom was a little hesitant. My father had begun to pursue the direction that he needed to do as he was going to follow this call bringing my mom along with him. And it was an interesting thing because in my family history, my mom often would feel a prompting of the Lord before my father would. And then when my father would bring something up, she would say, you know, the Lord's been dealing with me about that and was a confirming voice. So this was out of sync for my family, that my father would feel something that my mom couldn't confirm. And we went to church one day. And I did not know that before church, my mom had gotten up and she had prayed privately because she was still unconvinced that this might be the will of God for them. And so she told the Lord in prayer, I need an answer today. I've got to have an answer today, Lord, as to what you are doing and how you want us to lead. We got to church that morning and there was a guest speaker that was there. And as he took the pulpit, he stopped for a moment and he said, before I bring the word today, God has given me a word of knowledge for somebody here today. And he gave a word of knowledge that was so detailed and it was so personal that my mom began to weep because she recognized that at just the moment she needed it, the Spirit of God spoke through a man that convinced her that the direction that my father was going was a direction that they needed to go. And in that word of knowledge, it confirmed to her that they needed to be missionaries in Africa where they spent a number of years saying, Tremendous outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I am thankful for a God that knows more than I do. I'm grateful for a God that will not leave his people in the middle of indecision, but knows how to lead us. And he has said, I have given to my church gifts of wisdom and of knowledge, supernatural knowledge. And then he also listened this, the gift of discernments, which is really supernatural revelation. How many of you know we live in a deceived world today? 
And that in the spirit of darkness, there are deceiving spirits that try to mimic the things that God knows are real, but they try to mimic them and counterfeit them. And so he says, one of the evidences of my presence among you will be that I will allow you to know the deceiving spirits from the real ones. I will give you discernment. And we have learned, many of us, to come to trust that little still small voice, that check of the Spirit that says, something's not quite right. And we begin to have that available to us, whether something is of God or not. We need these supernatural knowledge gifts in the church. The third category is the gifts that are in part the power to act supernaturally. And listed there is the gift of faith. This is not just the simple faith that we needed to enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is a special faith that is given to an individual to believe God for miraculous things. It comes from a special endowment of power by the Holy Spirit to spirit-filled believers. And the gift of faith will change your life. It will change your life because you will be at a stage where you will start believing that the impossible will become possible. Some of you have experienced this before, where you know just because you know and you know and you can't describe it, you just know there's a stamp of the Spirit that says this is going to happen, even when it seems as if it's unlikely. That is a gift that is to be unlocked within the life of the believers to act supernaturally. Added to that list, he said, I'm going to give to my church the gift of healings, a supernatural ability given by the Holy Spirit to a believer to minister health to the sick through prayer. Now, this gift is very similar to the gift of miracles, but I have known people that for whatever reason, God has given them a special gift that for different things, they may have a specific gift. I have known an individual in the past that, would, that was a, an evangelist, and he and his wife seemed to be able to pray, and people that were unable to have children would suddenly be able to have children. I've known others that had gifts over certain diseases, but I want you to know something. We need you to unlock the gift of healings in your life, that wherever you go, the Lord might begin to use you. It's a special gift that he said that through the Spirit he unlocks within us. Sometimes the gift of healing may be progressive in its operation. Sometimes the gift of healing may be instantaneous, but we do know that God gives gifts to his church that reveals his presence visibly through the way people are healed. And then there's the gift of miracles, a supernatural ability to bring God's power to bear on impossible situations so that natural laws are suspended. It can produce things that are thought to be impossible. A number of years ago, very early in my ministry, at a time where I was really beginning to question whether or not I had the call of God on me or not, I was called to the hospital of an individual, a family member of an individual that went to our church. And as I got to the hospital, the doctor told me, listen, this individual may only last six minutes. They may only last six hours at the top. Their heart literally is turning to gel and is unable to function. And so your job, the doctor told me, is to get the family ready for what inevitably will happen. I had one of the deacons with me of the church, and I stood there, and I just felt 
prompted of the Spirit to pray for a new heart. Man, I'd never met. And as we stood there, I read the faith chapter of Hebrews. I said, Lord, I just want to fill this room right now with an atmosphere that you can do a work in. And I said, Lord, I, I don't know what your plans are. I don't know this individual, but would you do something miraculous here to show them that you're real? Six minutes later, the man was still alive. Six hours later, the man was alive. Six days later, he walked out of the hospital. The doctor told him these words, I don't know what happened, but you have a brand new heart. Let me tell you something. This is not something that happens just to pastors. There's a priesthood of the believers that each of us need to be aware of, that, that we need to unlock those gifts in our life so that the church can multiply. It doesn't happen because of me. It happens because of us. Together, working in the gifts that God has given to us. And so, as a group of believers, we need to be seeking God for whatever He desires of us. So why are these gifts important to us today? Because they are for the purpose of building up His church. To bring people to Christ for salvation, to encourage and strengthen the body of Christ, the church. There are many examples throughout the New Testament about the gifts of the Holy Spirit being used in the lives of the early followers. Not just the apostles and the preachers, but the followers of Jesus were used in this. In fact, Jesus said this, greater things than these... You will do now. We can look at that and say, greater things. Huh? I believe that what that would encompass is on a grander scale, when the church grows and is unleashed, you will see the things I did through your life as you yield yourself to the leading and the power of the Holy Spirit. All these gifts are given by the Holy Spirit to us today as He wills. He gives each person a gift or gifts that will play a part in building up a Spirit-filled culture in the church. And as these early believers moved in the gifts, it became a normal part of their life. How many of you have been in situations where unexpectedly you were confronted with, maybe it was people you knew, maybe it was people you didn't, that began to just to pour their life out to you? Then you had that happen. And in that moment, you felt prompted by the Spirit, I just need to pray for you. This happened to me in Missouri a couple of weeks ago at a Home Depot when my dad and I were there to get something to repair a door and the young lady that was there said something and I just stopped and I said, you have a story, don't you? And she began to weep and just poured out her heart and her father was in the last stages of cancer. She had just entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ and in the middle of Home Depot, do you know Jesus shows up sometimes in the aisle of Home Depot? He just shows up. And as we left there, my dad and I were kind of laughing together as to, isn't it great that in the middle of everyday life, the Lord will let those who are willing be used in the gifts of the Holy Spirit to build up his church, not just in the sanctuary, but in the world around them. There's an equipping that God desires to do in your life. And in the middle of all of that, I get tasked with the wonderful joy as the pastor of this church of making sure that our culture is receptive to what the Spirit wants to do. So here's what we're gonna do. As a church, we're going to keep the Holy Spirit in the forefront of our mission. We're going to recognize we can't accomplish anything on our own. None of us are gifted enough to do that. 
We've got to have the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Secondly, we're going to create space for the Holy Spirit to work. And worship team, would you please prepare yourself to come? I recognize for those of you that may be watching online right now that not being in the physical presence of the church, it can be difficult to create space in your homes or your living room or your kitchen, wherever it is. And so that's why we encourage you to come and be a part of this because there's, there is a synergy that takes place when God's people work together and worship together. And I understand you can receive the word, but you're missing something if you're not here. And we need to create space for the Holy Spirit to work in. And in doing that, we need to learn to be patient. And above all, we will always spotlight the Word. If it's not of the Word and if it's not in the Word, we don't want it. But if it is, I don't want to miss anything that the Word of God says that we can have. And then we're going to create space for engagement. Some of you, number one, may need to come to Christ and know Him as Savior. Some of you, having been saved, may never have desire to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You think, you know what, I'm saved, I'm going to get to heaven. And so as a result of that, you've never allowed the power of God to be at work through you through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you're missing out on the purpose that God has for you. And as a result of that, the ministry opportunities, and some of you but I don't have any of those abilities. They are not natural abilities. They're supernatural abilities that God gives to each of us as we've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's why we are not ashamed to say we are Pentecostal people because the world today needs a physical, visible manifestation of the Holy Spirit through His people. So Congregation of Grace Assembly, whether you're here physically or you're watching online, your responsibility is to step out and to enter in. And while you're creating space for spiritual gifts, I understand that there got to be ways that we can introduce these gifts to new believers. And for those of you that may feel from time to time that you have a word from the Lord, but you said, I am certainly not bold enough. I'm not spiritually old enough to stand up publicly to do something like that. May I encourage you just to write down what the Spirit may be saying to you? It doesn't have to be spontaneous and interruptive to be of the Spirit. In fact, there have been people that have written things down to me that I have used in messages and at altar times that where every bit is anointed and spiritual gifted in nature as those that would have the boldness to say something. But we desperately need to find out who we are in Christ so that we can fulfill what He desires. The gifts are given to each one. Each one. What has God given you?